happening in the state of Connecticut. I'm Jessica Bowman, and right now we are taking a look at uh, some of those top stories that are trending. Of course, joining us, Roger Susanan from our newsroom uh, in Hartford, Connecticut. Well, he's outside today. However, uh, WFSB covering the latest on several developing stories. One of them, Roger, involves uh, Alex Jones, and many people are familiar with his name. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Alex Jones, the well-known conspiracy theorist, he's the host of InfoWars. And here in Connecticut, he's been getting a lot of attention for his comments that he made about the Sandy Hook tragedy, which, of course, happened here in Connecticut nearly 10 years ago. And what we're covering today really has been getting national and international headlines. I should say something we're covering this entire week. And that is the fact that right now there is a defamation trial going on in Waterbury, Connecticut. And some of the folks that are suing Alex Jones are family members of some of the victims who died at Sandy Hook, as well as an FBI agent oh. who was one of the first responding officers to Sandy Hook. And the reason that they are going forward with this lawsuit is that Alex Jones made comments accusing the family members of victims of being crisis actors and even the FBI agent of being a uh, crisis actor. He called the tragedy a hoax. Well, he now has been found liable. And what's happening this week is they're trying to figure out, they're trying to hash out exactly how much money he is going to have to shell out. And we have heard this week some really just emotional and heartbreaking testimony including from um, a woman who is the sister of Vicky Soto. Vicky Soto is a teacher who was killed at Sandy Hook and likely saved the lives of other children with her heroic actions that day. And her sister, Carly Soto Parisi, testified uh, this week during this defamation trial. And what she said is after Alex Jones made those comments that this was a hoax and that these were crisis actors and that no one really died, that people... Were, began harassing her, not only online, but also in person. Mm. And she said, can you imagine this? You are trying to get over this horrific tragedy, which has impacted your life in such a huge way. And, and then you're also called a liar on top of it. Uh, it's pretty brutal. Another person that testified was an FBI agent named Bill Aldenberg. And he said, you know, he already is carrying a lot of trauma and scars from Sandy Hook. And he was actually named by name by Alex Jones. And after that happened, he said his, his life really became just a whirlwind of anxiety and harassment as a lot of folks that were followers of Alex Jones would accuse him of basically faking uh, this entire situation. Alex wow. Jones has now come out and apologized and mm -hmm. said that, uh, that he should not have used those words. But this week, we're going to find out potentially because this, I say, it could stretch into to next week as well. But we're going to... Uh-oh, did we lose you? Allow uh, for making those really irresponsible and horrific comments. So this defamation lawsuit, uh, you know, as we follow along with this, this is something, again, if you're unfamiliar with our newsroom in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, this is all playing out in Connecticut and WFSB uh, following every angle. And, Roger, as we talk more about this, as we take a look back, um, Alex Jones inside a Texas courtroom with a defamation lawsuit. Um, this happened about a month prior to where we are right now. Um, and so, you know, as, as we take a look at this, that payout, nearly 50 million dollars 
However, um, the trial that's happening right now in Connecticut, um, there are multiple plaintiffs. And so this payout um, they are anticipating could be millions of dollars, right? Yeah, some experts believe that this could be a nine-figure payout, meaning over $100 million wow. in total. Because you mentioned that case in Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, it was smaller in scope. It was, I believe, two or three families. And this is larger. It also includes an FBI agent as well. And it was interesting, the plaintiffs making their decision on where to, uh, to file um, their suits. The, the plaintiffs that decided to file in Texas did that in Austin, Texas, which is not all that far from Alex Jones's headquarters. We actually made those comments. Oh, okay. These have said, you know, the reason they filed in Connecticut was, okay, Alex Jones made those comments while he was in Texas, but the impact was felt in Connecticut where they lived. Mm -hmm. And I can just tell you that, you know, this living in Connecticut, certainly the, the shadow of Sandy Hook looms every day in Connecticut. And these victims' families have been through so much. These law enforcement agents have been through um, so much. So it's, it's really been kind of an emotional thing, not just for the plaintiffs, but it has been um, a difficult thing to kind of relive this tragedy in a way because of this defamation lawsuit. The flip side, though, is, you know, these folks are saying this is important. You know, yeah. it's not just about the money and, and holding Alex Jones accountable. But we want to make sure that he and other conspiracy theorists out there will uh, not act so rashly next time that they'll know there'll potentially be consequences. Because one of the things that they claim is that Alex Jones, he made those comments and that he actually profited from making them because he got a lot of attention afterwards. Mm -hmm. And some of those comments had like hundreds of millions of page views, if you can believe that. So these folks are saying, like, this is not some random guy shouting something crazy on a street corner. Unfortunately, a lot of people listened to those comments and at least a decent number of them took them seriously. And so as we have continued to follow along with coverage as this trial has started in Connecticut, uh, one thing that I found, I don't know, uh, really, uh, you know, I guess I wasn't expecting uh, to see this, but Alex Jones not inside the courtroom for day one of that trial. Were you anticipating him to be there? You know, it's interesting. I was not shocked that he was not there um, okay. because I do know his uh, one of his attorneys um, and he had intimated to me that it was a, a possibility that he may not attend at least the beginning of this trial. If you look in Texas, he wasn't there every day, but mm -hmm. he was there uh, towards the end. He actually testified in that trial. That didn't go very well. Uh, I think most would say he was caught in a lie um, by some of the plaintiff's attorneys, or at least that, that's what, what they claimed about text mm -hmm. message discovery issues. So bottom line is the thought was that he didn't help himself by testifying and that even his, um, you know, him being there wouldn't seem like it would necessarily help either. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. He doesn't appear in the courtroom uh, in person, but of course his presence is huge in the trial in that his statements are rehashed uh, they talk about his scope and of, of his influence. And so it's going to be very interesting to see if he does make an appearance towards the end. I mean, at this point, he's been found liable. The question is, how much is he going to have to pay? Yeah. And I suppose the question is going to be for his lawyers, do they believe it will make a positive difference him appearing um, in the courtroom? And so far, anyway, in Connecticut, 
uh, they haven't they haven't made that decision. Yeah, it kind of looks like it may be a no-show, and it will be interesting. But as you mentioned, uh, following the, the trial in Texas to see if he will testify, of course, time will tell. But all indications kind of point to possibly not. Yes, I would say right now, you know, right now it appears that the folks that are going to testify, and we're told as many as 20 people could wow. testify, uh, are the family members of alleged victims, law enforcement agents, we have not heard that Alex Jones is going to testify. And I know at least some of the family members of these victims say, we don't need mm -hmm. to hear from him. We have his words. Yeah. We know what he said. And basically, he could say he's sorry now, but the impact of those words has already you know, taken effect. The only thing that um, his attorneys were trying to point out yesterday is they said, oh, why did you wait until 2018 to file this lawsuit? But that didn't seem to be getting uh, a lot of traction in the courtroom because the family members of the victims as well as the FBI agent were like, look, we were already dealing with the tragedy. Then this was thrown on top of it. We were trying to kind of survive day to day. We weren't even thinking lawsuit for years because we literally were trying to think, trying to get some semblance of normalcy in our in our lives. And they just now started are starting to kind of get that. And they say Alex Jones really set them back in a huge way. But they also say there are still people that to this day believe that they are liars and crisis actors, which is just heartbreaking. Wow. All right. So um, a story that is not going to stop this week. It will continue possibly um, for several weeks uh, out of Connecticut. Again, Alex Jones, uh, the Sandy Hook defamation lawsuit trial that is happening in Connecticut. And of course, our newsroom there in Hartford um, with our colleagues following this at every angle. I'm sure, uh, Roger, you're all going to continue to have team coverage as long as this uh, throughout really the entirety of the trial, right? Absolutely. And uh, so I, I definitely follow my social media channels at Roger Suzanin, mm -hmm. uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Also, though, uh, and, and also WFSB.com, the channel through app. I also want to give a shout out to we have a, a, a reporter who's going to be in the courtroom every single day. His name is Dennis Valera, V-A-L-E-R-A. Okay. Follow him as well. He is going to have updates live as it happens from the courtroom. So, uh, yeah, we're expecting a lot of developments uh, within the next uh, week plus, really. So uh, it's going to be a very fascinating day and weeks ahead here in uh, Connecticut, for sure. Definitely so. Uh, we have one more topic before we let you go, Roger, uh, that I want to talk about. Of course, uh, we love to share good news um, during our interviews. And uh, I'm going to let you take it away because it all involves a football player, right? Yeah, this was a really scary situation initially, Jessica. We're so happy that it has mm -hmm. a half. Um, so last week, Jessica, most con Connecticut high school football teams actually began play last week. And at one of the games, right towards the very beginning of the games, there was a player for Woodstock Academy, a young man named Braden Saucier. He's a senior. He's actually the quarterback of uh, Woodstock Academy. He had what appears to be a seizure during the game, not oh, related wow. to anything or anything like that, mm -hmm. apparently, but he had a medical emergency. And of course, as you can imagine, it was very scary for all of the fans, students, players on the field. They had to rush in, get him medical attention. Fortunately, there's a lot of medical personnel nearby. Yeah. And it was very, very uh, nerve wracking for so many players. Thank goodness we are now told he is going to make what they expect to be a full recovery. Mm, and so this team, uh, Woodstock Academy, they have made uh, decals with the number 10, which is Braden's number. And they said um, the rest of the season, 
he is going to be, you know, on their minds and in their hearts. But fortunately, they do say he is going to be okay. And so, like I said, they're going to wear these uh, number 10 decals on their, their helmets. And this is a scary situation because if you were following WFSB.com and the Channel 3 app on Friday night, we did not know the outcome at that point. Oh, wow. And uh, it was just absolutely frightening. And there were a lot of difficult decisions that had to be made. And one of them was, do they continue with the game after that scary situation? The reason they decided to continue playing after a delay was they actually didn't want to, they felt if they canceled it, that could create a sense of panic. That could make people assume the worst. Right. And so they kind of, hey, Braden is getting the best attention that he can, and we're hoping for the best for him, but there's nothing we can do for him uh, in this moment. So let's continue on and at least be a distraction to some people and fortunately by the end of the night on friday we were told he was in stable condition part and and i should say that was the friday the first uh, week of football mm-hmm. and now we're told that he's still recovering but that he's going to make a what's expected to be a full recovery so it's a huge sigh of relief uh, for folks uh connected to woodstock academy but also just everyone here in connecticut because this is a story that we've been following very very closely it has actually been getting uh, national attention as well, yeah. Uh, because anytime you know you talk about a, a young person like that um, dealing with a medical emergency at a football game, which does put more eyes on it, frankly. I mean, that, there are thousands of witnesses of that scary situation. But fortunately, we're so happy to say he's going to be. A- that is uh, that is such a great story, Abby. and you know it's so wonderful to see a team really rally behind uh, one of their teammates, and not only the team, of course, uh, that just kind of explodes over into the community, the school, um, and it is a very heartwarming to see uh, stories like that as they happen and kind of play out. Absolutely, and I mentioned that you know the, the the players, his teammates, they actually are the ones that designed this helmet decal, which oh, we're cool. going to see uh, at the next football game. And that, I think that's really cool. You know, like, uh, this is not something that it was, um, that just all the adults played a role in, in, in saying this is yeah. what's going to go on. His teammates rallied around him. And also even um, were told that, you know, his opponents have been reaching out, you know, that night. Of course, oh, that's great. They were, they were opponents on the football team, but uh, on the football field, but obviously they uh, have love and respect for each other and they're, you, you can imagine what it must have been like for players on both teams. Yeah, I mean, just... After witnessing that. And uh, it's so some things are even bigger than sports, but, you know, sports can bring us together as a community when something like this happens. As I mentioned, it does put more eyeballs on it, which in, in the immediate aftermath was, was kind of scary. Yeah. But now we can we can talk about uh, together and, and hopefully he can be uh, some... Uh, a person that the people rally around, especially his teammates, uh, the rest of the football season. Yeah. Is he back in school? Have you heard yet? No, I don't believe he is back in school yet. I'm not positive on that. I know he's still uh, recovering, but because it's it's been at this point, you know, less than a, than a week since his uh, uh-huh. issue. So I don't believe he's returned. I was just yet. imagining his homecoming back to school. Um, I bet it's going to be a wonderful day that he's going to experience. You're going to have to be there for that uh, that morning, Roger, I think. <laughs> I, I really hope that uh, that they'll let us, if the, if the family is okay with it and the Woodstock Academy is okay with it, that is something that we would, would absolutely love to do. Because I can tell you, you know, the night that this happened to Jessica, mm-hmm. you know, we had a reporter talking with some of his friends and some of the folks that were connected to the Woodstock Academy. And as you can imagine, they were really shaken up oh, to bet. have witnessed that. 
And at that time, they were just thinking about him. They were praying for him. And Mm -hmm. they said, you know, we wish him the best. Now there's a little bit of a sigh of relief. You know, I don't know exactly when he's going to return to school. And who knows if he'll return to the football field. That's obviously secondary or tertiary. But the fact that he's going to be okay, because they say he's actually a great kid. He was a leader of the team. He's a senior. He was the quarterback. Um, And so this was sort of like, you know, they, they felt like he was kind of the rock of the team. And then for him to, to be struggling with this, you know, one student said basically, you know, he normally would be the one that they would go to if somebody else was struggling. So oh. there was kind of that void when he was the one that that had that medical issue. But the team seemed to, to have rallied around uh, Braden, and uh, and that's definitely something that we're going to be following all season long because he's going to be it's going to be really an inspirational. Um, and, and yeah, that's a really that's a great way to put it. I'm, I'm sure he is gonna he is inspiring so many people just by uh, this recovery and coming back and getting back on his feet. We're all pulling for you, Braden. I'm all, I'm, I'm ready to um, check out uh, Braden here on uh, WFSB.com and follow along. <laughs> Please do and. Jessica, as you said, we're going to hopefully we're going to be there when Braden. I'd love to be there when he returns to school and who knows, returns to the stands, uh, yeah. nothing else to root his uh, his team on because we know he's a he's a he's a team leader and certainly a well-loved member of the community in Woodstock for sure. That's going to be great. OK, before Roger leaves us, um, we have to check out this. I mean, the beauty behind you, it is fall in Connecticut, right? Yeah. Is it technically well, fall? I will or not. flip the camera around. Why not here? But the oh. beautiful green oh, no, trees. No, let me do that. Oh, wait, here we go. So here we go. That's my backyard. Look how I pretty. Little, I got a little um, playscape for the kids. And then check this out, Jessica. Oh. This is uh, a playhouse. Oh, how adorable. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for those of our viewers uh, that are going to be hearing this on our podcast, um, Roger's daughter's playhouse is absolutely adorable. <laughs> yes, you got to come and check out, out the video on Local News Live's uh, Yeah, website. there you go. But um, okay. beautiful colors there in the background. It is pretty and green in Connecticut in your backyard. It is green, finally. Just we've had some rain. We've been talking about the okay. drought that yeah. we're experiencing. So it's finally green. And yet, before you know it, Jessica, I'm going to bring you back to my backyard. And even for our audio listeners, I will at least describe it to you because we know that the fall colors are going to be popping soon. Yes, I cannot wait to see it. It's going to be a magical look. I can't wait to see there at in fall. All right, we know we got you have a lot to, you have a lot to do. You got a busy day, Roger. We're going to let you go. Thanks for joining us on Local News Live. Always such a pleasure to have you here. Jessica, truly my pleasure, and I look forward to talking with you next week. All right, we will see you next week. Have a good one.